We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, I was just talking about this uh, this thing Kirk, Her- Kirk Herbstreet mentioning Brian Kelly that you know that USC mm-hmm. needs to call Brian Kelly for their job, and he's not the first person that I've heard this from. I, I don't know exactly who it was, but I know this has kind of floated around there for a while. My take is Kelly makes more sense for USC than USC makes for Brian Kelly. Do you agree with that? What's your take? I do in every regards except for one. I think, number one, this is all about Trace Armstrong trying to earn his money and do what he's done when he floated Notre Dame or USC and Kelly in 2015 and the Eagles and every other job. He, you know, every time some job comes open, we hear about Brian Kelly possibly being linked. <laughs> Remember Florida State a couple of years ago? Remember that? Right. Um, and that's called an agent trying to create leverage for his client to negotiate, you know, something better for his program, which whatever it is, what okay. it is. Okay. Okay. Uh, but I don't think, I mean, I think it, I, I wrote an article about this Star's breakdown. I think I said, it's like, look, a downtrodden former powerhouse who's been kind of mediocre for quite a while now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hires Brian Kelly to rebuild the program. Well, worked for Notre Dame, you know. I mean, so uh, I could understand why USC would be interested in doing that, and it would make a lot of sense for them to pursue that. Uh, having said that, I think your point about Brian Kelly, it wouldn't make a lot of sense for Brian Kelly unless Brian Kelly has de- has just decided, I want to win a national championship, and I don't think I can win one at Notre Dame. Right. I think that'd be the only reason Brian Kelly would consider doing that. Uh I mean, it's not like he's a West Coast guy. It's not like he's going back home. It, you know, it's nothing like that. It just would be he wants to win a title, and he doesn't think Notre Dame could do it. Yeah. And, and I don't think that he believes that. Well, I mean, because the other point, one of the other points that I made is like when you look at at the way he's got recruiting trending right now, he's in a better play. Just look at what he's done the last what four years now, and where he's got the kind of recruits that he is getting to commit. He, he's 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 closer right now than he's ever been, and and Brian Kelly just doesn't strike me as being the, at the place in his career where he wants a new challenge, you know, where he wants the additional 
uh, strain of rebuilding and changing the culture. I mean, yeah. it, it's not just, it feels, oh, you can recruit really well at USC. Okay, sure. But the biggest problem USC has is not bringing in five-star recruits. It's a culture that is completely toxic and ruined from a football standpoint. Yeah. And that takes a lot of work. That's a lot harder than recruiting good players. And, and to me, I, you know, if anything, I'm, I, I worry if Brian Kelly has fire in his belly for Notre Dame. I don't see him being in the place where he's going to want to go do that kind of rebuild. It just doesn't strike me as something that would make sense. That The thing that makes the most sense is this is his agent uh, floating this for reasons that he can then use with Notre Dame. And then Brian Kelly's going to do what he's done in the, you know, in the Florida state job and the USC job last time. And, and that's, of course, you know, I love Notre Dame. I'm not going anywhere. This is where I want to be, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we move on after it's a, a story for a brief period of time. It's all conspiracy theories. <laughs> it's not, it's, but that's what an agent's supposed to do, right? No, you're like, right. Hey, I, I, I mean, want the school to spend 50 and invest, sense, you know, 10 yeah. million more dollars in coaching salaries, or I need, I need to, you know, invest a couple million dollars to hire more analysts. And they're kind of, you know, not dragging their feet a little bit. Well, okay, well, let my agent float that I may be considering going to USC. And all of a sudden, you know, and he's done this before. It's called leverage, and so it, I wouldn't call it a conspiracy as much as you know. That's that's kind of how the business works. Sure. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Well, let's talk about Saturday. Sam Howell, North Carolina quarterback, he's, uh, he's running a lot more this year, mm-hmm. almost 500 rushing yards. How well equipped do you think? This is, this is maybe, I mean, you could, you could make a case that you know, they've seen some dual threat guys. You know, he's maybe the, the, the top one because he, like his first two years, he was like, what, like 180 total rushing yards or something like that. How well equipped do you think Notre Dame is to handle that without Kyle Hamilton? I definitely think that you're, I would definitely agree with you that he's the top dual threat player. Now, he's not the most dynamic runner that Notre right. Dame has faced, but right. he is the guy that, you know, he's such a better passer than Jordan Travis and Braxton Burmeister that it makes his running even more dangerous because you have to be so prepared to handle the pass. 
and he's, I mean, he's already doubled his career rushing yards this season. And, you know, I think with Notre Dame, you, you have to pick one of two options, right? And, and both have some merit. One is, listen, we're going to go with a lot more four down. We're going to dominate the line of scrimmage. They're not going to be able to run the ball. We're going to put him in second and longs and third and longs and, we're going to harass him and get him off balance, and he's just not going to get comfortable because when Sam Howell gets pressured, like a lot of quarterbacks, but he his footwork goes out the window, he rushes throws, he makes bad reads, and he turns the ball over. It's just, it's kind of been his MO his whole career, mm-hmm. uh, and it's been that way this year. And that's a lot of quarterbacks. I mean, I don't know a lot of quarterbacks not named like Brady and Manning that are like, oh, yeah, I'm great when there's pressure, you know, when I'm getting harassed. I mean, that's what makes the greats the greats. So I think that's one way to go about it. The other one is to kind of have a similar strategy to last week, and that is, look, we're not going to give them a chance to, to take deep shots and beat us with big plays. We're going to make them nickel and dime us, and we think that eventually we're going to be able to make a stop or they're going to make a mistake. And I think that's a little bit more dangerous this week than it was last week because, you, as you said, he's a much more dynamic running quarterback than Keaton Slovis. He's a better passing quarterback than Keaton Slovis, and he throws one of the best deep balls in college football. I mean, Sam Howell is a great deep ball thrower and I think that there's more of a threat of that this week whereas if you force USC to nickel and dime they were going to do that Mm because that's who they are anyway this is a much more aggressive passing attack that if Sam Howell has time to sit in the pocket some of the time that Keaton Slovis has last week he's going to attack you down the field and without Kyle Hamilton that becomes a much more dangerous risky proposition well and his main target Josh Downs, 5'10", he's a slot guy. The first real slot as a main weapon type guy, I think, that the Irish have seen this season. And like when you look at his production, it's like almost 45% of their entire receiving production. So obviously, he is a main focus. How do you think they go about defending him? Well, it's, you know, that's the thing is... I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm repeating some of the same things I said last week in, 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 in that... One thing I think North Carolina does a really good job of is moving him around in a way that makes it hard for you to just say, hey, we're going to line up and play him this way. Because, you know, you mentioned he's a slot player, and he is a slot player. But they'll stack him, they'll motion him, they'll put him outside at times to the field. Um, You know, they'll do things to where you just can't line up and say, hey, we're going to press him or we're going to double him because you don't know where he's going to end up being. And so uh, it's really just about – not letting him, you know, when he's going to run past three to four yards, you have to reroute him. You have to jam him. You have to use his lack of size against him. You can't let him get clean releases. Your linebackers have to be really aware of him working inside on slants and on crossing routes. And it's just about the same thing we discussed last week, right? He's going to get some catches because they do such a great job of scheming for him to get catches. I mean, they're going to run RPOs. They're going to run screens. They're going to do things that allow him to get touches. What you can't do, however, is allow him to make the game-changing plays. And that's what we talked about with Drake London. Up until that 44-yard catch late in the game, yeah, he was putting up a lot of numbers, but none of them were like, oh, my gosh, that guy's killing you, and and, and he's making these game-changing plays. You weren't seeing that. And they need to do the same thing with with Josh Downs. Is you know If he catches seven, eight balls like David – I mean, David Bell caught seven balls against Notre Dame for 62 yards. They've, they've seen some really good receivers this year. They've had pretty good game plans from letting those guys take over games. The one difference here is this is the most explosive kid uh, of that group that they face, and that's where he presents such a, a more challenging matchup. He's Brian Driscoll from irishbreakdown.com. One thing that really stands out is they've given up 27 sacks – despite 
you know, the, the fact that we talked about this is a, a, a quarterback who can run. Do you, do you like the matchup up front with, with Notre Dame's front against North Carolina's line? If they do, it just depends on whether or not they're going to be aggressive or not. I, I think if they're going to let Isaiah Foskey rush the passer, North Carolina's going to have a tough time protecting him. If they choose to have Isaiah Foskey drop into coverage as much as they did last week, uh, then the the pressure will be inconsistent, just like it was last week. And I think that's the big key for me is, you know, this this is a team that's been prone to giving up sacks quite a bit. I mean, they gave up 34 sacks last year. They're on pace for even more this season, I believe, uh, unless my math is totally terrible in my head. But, uh, you know, USC was a team that gave up a lot of sacks as well, and Notre Dame had some key sacks in that game, but they didn't have – uh, the volume of pressures weren't necessarily there. That When they turned it up, they could get to them. But they just chose not to turn it up a lot. And there were times when you'd have Myron Tungvaloa, Jason Adamiola, and Kurt Heinis rushing the quarterback, and that yeah. was it. Well, I mean, they're good pass rushers at times, but they're not They're not Isaiah Foskey, right? They're not what Jordan Patelho can do. They're not uh, They're not guys that are just going to just, with three-man pressures, dominate. And, and so that goes back to that original conversation of, do you go more four down? Or here's a thought – Go more three down, but have Isaiah Foskey be one of your three instead of him being off the ball mm-hmm. and dropping into coverage. You know, and then maybe you put a, a, an extra linebacker. You know, so maybe you take out Kurt Heinish at times on, you know, second or third down, and and you let Foskey rush the passer, and you keep a, a you know put put Jack Kaiser in there, and and still with a five DB right or or something like that. So I, those are things I would consider as opposed to having Isaiah because I. Isaiah Foskey can tackle Drake London in space. I don't necessarily want him chasing Josh Downs this week. Right. And that's the difference for me. Right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On the other side of the ball, Notre Dame obviously gave USC a look they hadn't seen with the tempo offense last week. So do you think they'll be able to sustain that this week against a pass defense? It's it's allowed less than 200 yards in five of seven games. They're not great from a pass efficiency standpoint, but what, what do you think about that matchup? Yeah, I think so. I, I think part of the reason that, that USC – or that, excuse me, I'm still still going last week. Part of the reason <laughs> North Carolina hasn't given up a lot of passing play yards – is because they can't stop anybody from running the football, and you know the the they've given up over 200 yards a couple times, and Florida State only went 11 of 13, but they ran for 238 yards in a win. Uh, Georgia Tech also didn't throw for a lot of yards because they ran for 261 yards, and they've played a lot of teams that are sort of running oriented teams in the last month. Uh, so I think that's factored into it as well. But I think Notre Dame has to do what what they think is gives them the best chance to be the best team they can be, which is 
pushing the tempo, getting the ball out quickly, uh, built, using the pass to set up the run. I think if you can get North Carolina chasing on the perimeter, you're going to create some run game opportunities just like you did last week because that's what the RPO is all about. And it doesn't really matter who you face. The principles of it are, are the same. What changes from week to week is, okay, this week – we're going to attack these two defenders or this week, these schemes are going to work, but the philosophy of tempo, getting the ball out quickly, those type of things don't change. And I think that, that also you're playing a defense that I expect to be far more aggressive than USC's. Uh, Jay Bateman's going to pressure a lot more. He's going to mix up his coverages. I mean, I was surprised USC just kind of sat back when you watch the Rams offensive line all year. I don't know why anyone would say, Hey, let's not pressure that line. Um, but that's the decision they made, and Jack Cohn picked them apart. I don't think North Carolina is going to make that same decision, mm-hmm. which only adds to the need to get it out quickly, get your playmakers the ball in space, let Lorenzo Styles, let Braden Lindsay, let Chris Tyree, let Kyron Williams, Michael Mayer, Kevin Austin, get the ball in space and attack what is not a really good North Carolina defense. Well, and one thing, mobile quarterbacks have kind of hurt this North Carolina defense this year as well. So with that in mind, we, we obviously know that, that that doesn't fit Jack Cohn, but it does Tyler Buckner. How, how maybe do you use Tyler Buckner in this game? Yeah, I just I feel like mobile quarterbacks hurt them because that's what those teams were built around. Okay. You know, Florida State has a mobile quarterback. That's what they do. That's what Georgia Tech does. I don't they didn't like put a mobile quarterback into Take it advantage of pace. Yeah, do what's that? No, I said as a change of pace. Yeah, right. Um, What I think they should do with Tyler Buckner is exactly what they did last week, and that is you have a very defined role for him out on the field, change of pace kind of thing, and then when you get inside the, I'd say about the twelve yard line, twelve to fifteen yard line, closer to the ten. Uh, put him in with your 12 and 13 personnel so he can be a running threat. But I don't, I don't think you need to go away from who you are because. You know, some of those teams that, that, that did have success with mobile quarterbacks are teams that have had success running the ball all year. Sure. You know, Florida State has been a very good rushing team all year. They've gone for at least 199 yards in all but one of their games this year. That's just who they are. Uh, same thing with Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is a running football team. Notre Dame has not been a very good running football team this year. So trying to do something that, that maybe other teams are good at but you're not is not the direction I would go. I would I would use Tyler exactly as you did now. If he starts having some gashing success with them, maybe you use it again in another series, but I would still stick with the same principle of he knows when he's going in, Jack knows when he's going in, and he knows when he's coming out. I think that's the big key to make sure that this offense gets into a rhythm. One thing that struck me, Mac Brown said at his press conference this week, how Notre Dame did something no other team did to them last year, beat them down physically mm-hmm. in the second half. Are, are the Irish capable of that again this year, do you think? I just I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I think they're capable of it defensively, but what we've seen, unfortunately, in the second half this year is Notre Dame tends to go with the you know, three down, let's not let them get a big play, you know, whereas last year, last couple of years, really under Clark Lee, it was like, okay, second half, let's just, let's just beat them up. We've got our, our great four down linemen. Let's just beat them up. This team hasn't really been that. It's just not been their philosophy. Mm-hmm. I would like to see it, but I, I, it would, it would require a little bit of a change from what we've seen. <laughs> I mean, we haven't seen Notre Dame really beat a team down in the fourth quarter. If anything, they've given up too many points at times well, in the fourth quarter. And I was that's I'm glad you brought that up because I I had forgot to bring that up. They've now allowed 61 points in the fourth quarter 
this season after giving up 13, and it would have been 14, obviously, if USC doesn't miss the extra point. They gave up 37 all of last year. What, what do you make of that trend this year, the fact that they've given up so many points in the fourth quarter? Part of it is they've played better teams, but that's a small part of it. I think the other part of it is it's just been a shift in philosophy where last year in the fourth quarter they had sort of a, uh, okay, we've got them on their heels, let's bury them yeah. kind of mindset. This year it's been, okay, let's not give up the big play. I think giving up those big plays early in the game, or I mean in the, early in the season, has kind of psyched Notre Dame out a little bit. It's like they're so afraid of giving up the big play, which, you know, big plays are the fastest way for a team to get into the game. It's kind of like, hey, let's let's make them let's make them move down the field, those kind of things. And and, and I don't like it. Uh, I, I wish they'd be more aggressive. I'm okay. I'd rather you give up a big play than to just let a team, you know, get you out of your rhythm because it's hard to turn that thing back up. And so it's part of that killer instinct that I just don't think this team has shown yet. You know what I mean, Sean? Like, yeah. hey, when you got a team on its heels, let's bury them. And I thought last year's last year's team, I thought was pretty good about that. I thought the 2018 team was pretty good about that. This team hasn't shown that. Hopefully, this is the week that that kicks in because that is an area where you can look. North Carolina is a finesse team on both sides of the ball. Notre Dame is a big, strong team. They just don't necessarily always play like that. Yeah, exactly. Brian Driscoll, IrishBreakdown.com, with us like he is every Wednesday. Tell everybody what's going on right now. What else at irishbreakdown.com? Well, I got an article on the front page today. It's uh, my midweek musings where I talk about a number of things, including 2023 quarterback recruiting, but also I talk about the uh, just how, you know, if you watch the show Mythbusters, you know, how Mike Elston in the last four or five years has just completely busted the myth of you can't recruit and develop elite offensive defensive lines at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And so I just talk about the fact that they're on pace for the most tackles, tackles for loss, and sacks by a Notre Dame defensive line in the Brian Kelly era. And why that's important this week, because that line's going to have to be at its best uh, to win this game, and why that's important. And of course, we have a lot of uh, matchup uh, thing uh, breakdowns as part of what we do. And then, of course, I, I give my thoughts on the the Brian Kelly to USC uh, comment by Kirk Herbstreet. All right, excellent, Brian Driscoll, IrishBreakdown.com, the Sports Illustrated Notre Dame website. Great stuff as always, Brian. I will uh, talk to you once again soon. Thank you, sir. Have a good, great rest of your day. All right. You too. Brian Driscoll, Irish Breakdown.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.